Amen, amen. Good morning. Good morning. Man, I, uh, it's amazing to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? Yes. It's just a blessing to be with our faith family as we worship, as we sing, and as our team led us so well, as we sing of the, these truths, the marvelousness yes. of God. We just marvel at his presence here. As Kent talked about, he is here with us. And so we marvel at that presence that he's here and the fact that you're here on purpose. It's not because of an accident that you got here. It's not because you just woke up on time that you were here or because you just didn't go out of town that you're here. God has you here sovereignly for a reason. That's right. And it's purposeful that you're here this morning. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm glad that I get to be here with you. I'm thankful for this team that leads us so well each and every week. And um, I'm just excited to see how God's going to move this morning. So let's pray and see what the Lord is going to do. Father, we do come to you this morning. We're thankful for the opportunity uh, to gather. I thank you for these friends, this family that we gather with each and every week. I pray that it wouldn't be uh, something that we just kind of do out of schedule or habit or monotony, but God, that we would come here each week looking to hear a word from you. And I pray that that is what we would do, that we would hear from you this morning. Guys, we look at your word as we heard the reading of our word just a minute ago by Tim. I pray that it would wash over us, that it would speak truth to us that it would challenge us, that it would encourage us, that it would convict us. God is... Um, God, you're great and mighty, and we've, we've sang that over these last couple of songs, and they're not just words on a screen, but God, they have been the declaration of my heart. I pray that they've been the declaration of my friends' hearts here pray, God, that you would just remove all distractions from the room right now. I pray that we could focus solely on you and what you have for us. Would you please get me out of the way this morning? Would your spirit just speak truthfully? Would it speak clearly? Would it speak honestly to these people? God, I'm I look forward to this time each and every week as I get to gather with the faith family and we pray for those that aren't with us today, but God, I do pray and I am thankful for those that are here this morning and are ready to hear from you. So speak to us now, move in power. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Whoa. That podium's a little heavy. I wouldn't have been able to do that last month. I had an appendectomy two months ago. Those kind of come out of the nowhere. I don't know if you know about how that works, but um, when you get appendicitis, it's, it's very quick. And uh, so I had an appendectomy a couple of months ago. That was fun, my first surgery. And uh, I don't know if you have ever been in any kind of surgery, but when you're like the, the anesthesiologist is coming in, the surgeon's coming in, and they bring in all this paperwork for you, and you know you have to get the surgery done because they're like, hey, if this appendix bursts, like, there's a chance you could die. So I know I need it, but then they're like, hey, by the way, just so you know, we got to cover our bases as a hospital. So if, if <clears throat> you might come out of your anesthesia and there's just a few side effects that might happen, very rare that it could happen. But 
you might have short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss, you might have complete memory loss, you might have brain damage, you might have organ failure, you might have all these things, right, that sound worse than the appendicitis. But it's necessary and it's needed. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been made healthy. And who knows if I would have been here standing today. And so I, although was nervous about what I was signing my life away to, and although I was nervous about the surgery and what was going to happen, all that, the Lord brought me through that. And, and all that to say is, uh, certain times we're nervous about what the Lord is going to speak to us, what he's going to call us to do. And the Lord might be calling you to do something today after this message. I, I pray that he will. But I, I hope that you won't be nervous about any side effects. You won't be nervous about the possibilities that the enemy might be trying to fill your head with. That won't happen. But that you'll answer the call of the Lord this morning. That you'll hear from him. And that the the word will encourage you and be used in a mighty way in your life this morning. Uh, I haven't introduced myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kyle Hendrickson. I am one of the pastors here. Uh, I'm not Ryan Ross, so um, I am Kyle, and I don't speak too much, and so you'll have to put up with that. Uh, I can give you a, a good word, an encouraging word as we enter into this. It is spring break, and so this building's not going to be used over the week, and so we can keep everything up today. Yes. Hallelujah. I love delivering good news, you know, and that's, that's some good news. Not the greatest news, it's in here, but good news. And um, we are today, we're, we're, we, we have been in the book of Ephesians uh, for the last several months, and we will be back in the book of Ephesians, uh, but I, I surprised Kent when I said I wasn't teaching on Ephesians today, and that's true. We're taking a small break from Ephesians just this week historically and typically our practice is to teach through books of the Bible and so you've seen that if you've been with us anytime we have preached through Ephesians um, over the last yeah as long as I can remember since before Christmas so we have been preaching through Ephesians but today this morning we're going to take a little bit of a detour we'll get back to Ephesians next week but today we're going to take a detour and we're going to talk about baptism. Um, baptism is something that we practice here at City Church on a regular basis. And we're actually going to be holding a baptism service in one month from today on April 5th. And before we get there, we need to talk about it. And we've done it a couple of times before, but as we chatted as a pastoral team, we haven't actually talked about it in a preaching sense uh, since 2017. Uh, it just kind of just keeps coming, keeps coming. And I think it's important that we talk about the practice and the importance of baptism. And because I think there's many of you in this room, there's many people that aren't here that I hope will listen or that you'll actually be able to talk to, but there are people in this room for sure that need to understand baptism better. They need to understand why we baptize here at City Church and why it's important. And our prayer then as an elder team would be that you as Christ followers would understand the need to be baptized and those that are yet to be Christ followers would say yes to Jesus today. And follow through with that believer's baptism on April 5th. So, let's get started. At the heart of this baptism call is obedience. Strict obedience. A step of faith and trusting in Jesus. And at City Church, we believe in water baptism by immersion. When going under the water and coming out of the water. And that's because we follow Jesus' example... As he showed us when he was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 through 17. Which I want to look at right now. So if you have your Bibles, you'll open up to Matthew chapter 3. 
We'll look at that scripture. It'll be on the screen behind me as well for those of you that don't have a copy of God's Word. If you need a copy of God's Word, by the way, there's one under the first seat of every row. You can take that home with you if you'd like. But we'll be in the English Standard Version today. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? You see, John was like confused in that moment. He said, wait a minute. I I know who this Jesus guy is. Like I've understood that I'm preparing the way for the Messiah that is coming. And I understand that Jesus is the Messiah. And so he's coming to ask me to baptize him. This doesn't seem right. Like, how can I baptize you, Jesus? But look at verse 15. Jesus answered him. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. When Jesus says that, he says, then he considered. You got it, Jesus. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, showing that he was under the water. He went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 15. Let me put that one back up on the screen. Verse 15. He said that Jesus came to be baptized for us to what? Fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. This was the plan. This was part of God's entire redemption story that he had been planning since the beginning of time, since the fall of Adam and Eve. This was part of his plan as a part of it being woven into the story of salvation and the story of redemption and rescue through Jesus. This time also fulfilled, uh, not through this, just through righteousness, but this begun his ministry on earth. This allowed his ministry to begin what we believe his earthly ministry where he went and he was telling people about who he was and who the Father had sent him and he performed all these miracles. This was the beginning of that ministry. In biblical symbolism, water also represents this inner cleansing, this spiritual rebirth or renewal, which obviously are both central themes to baptism. I want to look at two more passages that really affirm that cleansing by the water and why we even use water as a baptism, where it came from. Ephesians chapter 5. See, I told you, Kent, I'd have a couple of Ephesians. But chapter 5, verse 25, will actually be in this next week. So this is a little bit of a preview for you. But chapter 5, verse 25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So we see this cleansing throughout scripture. We see water as an idea of a cleansing that happens in our souls, our bodies, and our lives. And then later in the Gospel of Matthew, after chapter 3, as Jesus begins his ministry, at the end of the book, in Matthew chapter 28, there's the Great Commission, this call for all believers to go out and to spread this gospel that Jesus had been proclaiming, calling every believer to follow his example. Look at verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What? 
baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity working together. And listen, church, I went online, looked for every single translation of the Bible I could find. And sometimes you're like, well, I wonder how words are, and there could be different translations of this. That word baptizing right there in the middle of that verse is the same word in every English translation I could find. I didn't find any other languages because I don't speak any other languages, okay? <laughs> so perhaps it's like, I don't know, in Spanish it might be, you know, baptizo. But <laughs> baptizing is what it is. I don't mean that offensively to any of our Spanish speakers, by the way. I'm just really, unfortunately, a unilingual person. Um, but I say that to you that baptism is serious. Like there's no other way to translate that. It's to be baptized. God tells us to go make disciples, let them understand who Jesus is, allow God to draw, him to, uh, draw them to himself, and then baptize them. And then continue that cycle and continue to see the gospel reach the ends of the earth. That's the plan. So we're to go and baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All this to say, church, baptism is a picture or a reenactment of what Christ has done for you. It's a reenactment. It's a picture of what Christ has done. So this morning, I want to answer three questions to understand baptism better. So if you're taking notes, you're somebody that writes down, this is where you can write those notes. We answer three questions. Number one, what is the meaning of baptism? Number two... Why should I be baptized or why should you be baptized? And number three, who should be baptized? What is the meaning? Why should I be baptized? And then who should be baptized? So number one, what is the meaning of baptism? Well, simply baptism is a celebration of the grace of Christ in your life. The celebration of grace of Christ in my life. It's an illustration of the gospel and the transformation that comes only through redemption in Christ, through his blood on the cross. The things we sang about this morning. The things we read about. But listen, if you don't hear anything, I don't want you to think that baptism and salvation are intermingled. They are steps in the discipleship process. You get saved and baptism is a step in the discipleship process. This entire sanctification process you have throughout your life. You continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord and your knowledge of Him and the reading of His Word. So listen to me when I say today, not essential. Baptism is not essential to salvation. But, and this is a big but, but it's an important symbol as you publicly say, I am yielding to the will of Jesus Christ. And I'm yielding to his rule in my life. And I commit to begin my journey of discipleship as a Christ follower and identify with our local body here at City Church, our faith family. It's that public symbol. And I use this illustration every time I talk to somebody about baptism. I wish there was a different one. If you have another one, feel free to email me. But I've probably talked to you about this illustration or one of your kids. But whenever I think about baptism, I try to equate it to a symbol. And so the best thing I can think of is how a ring symbolizes a marriage. And if you think about the wedding ring that you wear, those of you that are married in the room, this shows your commitment to your spouse. Your ring does not make you married. What made you married was the commitment you made on your wedding day in front of God, your friends, and your family when you said to your spouse, like I did to mine who's teaching in kids' church here today, I said to her 12 years ago, I commit to you till death do we part, in sickness and in health, 
and the good times and the bad and richer or poor, mostly in poor. <laughs> Ministry, y'all, you know. Uh, but we displayed that, we marked that with a ring, and so I wear this ring every day to remind myself and to remind anyone out there that, hey, off the table. Sorry. Taken. And I tell a kid, too, like, hey, when I take my ring off, like, I'm not, like, single and ready to mingle now. That's not how that works. It's a commitment. It's, a, it's something that was made within our hearts before God. We committed to one another. So whether I wear my ring or I don't, I'm still married. That's right. But I wear the ring as a symbol to tell everybody I know that I am fully dedicated to my wife and committed to her. And so baptism in the same regard is a symbol for us to show our commitment, our dedication to our Lord, to God. Tim read our scripture a little earlier. We'll revisit that right now in Romans chapter 6. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried. That's the idea of going under the water. We were buried with him by baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead in the resurrection, the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so we bury ourselves in the sin. We go under the water and we're buried to our old self and then we are raised in new life just as Christ was raised from the dead. We walk in newness of life. We're dead to our old self and we're raised in newness of life in Christ Jesus. And some of you this morning need to experience this literal washing. I talked about how water was used as a cleansing, as a symbol for spiritual rebirth, renewal. And some of you need to experience that literal washing. You need to step into the baptismal tank because you've never done that. You've placed your trust in Jesus, but you've never stepped into the tank. You've never experienced that washing. You've never been able to celebrate with our faith family here. You've never been able to publicly declare who Jesus is by that symbol of baptism. Baptism, right here, this is it. If you don't get anything, just get this. Baptism is an external display of an inner reality. Let me say that again. Baptism is an external display of an inner reality, a life changed and transformed by the gospel. Amen? Amen. God gives us truths that are not just theory or head knowledge, but we're able to see, touch, smell, feel, experience them. And he does this through two things, through communion and baptism. The two ordinances or practices that are given to Jesus for the church to partake in. We did communion a couple weeks ago. That's where we go. We go to the table. We take the bread. represents Christ's body broken for us. We remember his sacrifice. We take, we eat, we remember. And then the juice we take as representative of his blood spilled out for us on the cross. And we do this in remembrance of him because he told us to do that over 2,000 years ago. And so the same thing when he called us to go in Matthew chapter 28 to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. 
In the same way that we remember Christ by taking communion regularly, we want to practice in baptism regularly. And church, let me tell you, if you are a part of a church, if you go to a church that doesn't take part in communion and baptism together, that is not a church. That is not a church because those are the two ordinances, these practices, these commandments that says these are the things you need to participate in until the Lord returns. Baptism is a proclamation of the glory of Christ, both to the church and to all the world. It's a moment to declare the goodness and the faithfulness of God. The first public display of Christ's transformation in your life should be baptism. It's the first chance for you to share your story, your testimony of God's love and forgiveness of your sins. And that's why here at City Church, we do baptism as a whole day. If you've never been a part of our baptism service, then make sure you come April 5th or participate in it. But we use the whole morning, the whole service. The sermon is the stories of salvation from the baptism candidates. We celebrate what God has done. We do video testimonies beforehand and we allow those people to share what God's been doing in their life, how he drew drew them to himself, and what God has been doing in their lives. It's just a story of faith. A story of life transformation. And church, so often, those stories are more powerful than any sermon we could ever preach any Sunday. I think of people that have gone before us and been baptized. I think of, uh, I think of Brianna Mann, who's come before. I think of uh, John Richardson, who's been, who, who's, who's been baptized. Kurt Fagan. Calvin Kunze. All these guys that I look out and I see people here. I'm like, you've been baptized, and your story continues to be used here in City Church and beyond. Because there's so many things that we just can't say, or the things that you're not going to hear out there, that you will hear from somebody else's story, because the thing is, their story is your story. We're all in need of a Savior. We're all caught in our trespasses and our sins, and the only way out is through faith and belief and trust in Christ. And so your story of transformation will speak volumes to people that are here. And the cool thing about that church is, is it's this cycle. It's this continual cycle that people are drawn to Christ. They place their trust in Jesus. They follow Him. They come to get baptized. they, They share their story through video. We celebrate with them in their baptism. There's somebody in the service today that goes, man, I need to do that too. There's something that spoke to me. I need to talk to somebody about that. And we talk to them about who Jesus is. They come to Christ. They start their journey of discipleship. The next service, they get baptized. We hear their story. And there's more people each and every time that continue to hear that story of life change, hear that story of the gospel, hear the story of the redemption power of Jesus on the cross, and it's this beautiful picture of what evangelism is supposed to look like. As that cycle continues to continue to roll each and every year. I'm passionate about baptism. I'm passionate about it because it's the chance for you to not only display that faith that you have, that inner reality, but it is one of the most powerful evangelism moments you can have. We're called to be missional. We're called to be evangelists. And baptism is that first chance for you to do that. So what's the meaning of baptism? It's to celebrate Christ's grace in your life and we follow his example. Why should I be baptized? Question two. As we read in Matthew chapter three, again, we follow the example of Christ. We also desire to obey the command of Christ. 
as we read in Matthew chapter 28. And then we want to identify and unite with the body of Christ, the church. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. We looked at this a couple weeks ago as well. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. You see, the global church, big C church as we might say, and even our local context here in city church is comprised of a community of believers who have identified with Christ and live as one body, one faith family, but each with their own gifts to build up and to encourage one another and allow the body to function. See, each of us have a different gift that we bring. When we are saved and we come to know who Christ is, then the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And then He gives us spiritual gifts that only we possess. And so you use that gift to glorify Him, to honor Him, to build up the kingdom. So if you're in Christ, you should know what that gift is. If you don't know what that gift is, let me talk to you. Let's find out what that gift is and allow yourself to start serving Him. But our first responsibility as the part of the body is to be baptized as we unite with the local body of Christ. You see, it's like your first step in the discipleship process. It's your growth as a Christian. It's like your initiation into the brotherhood. Your initiation into the sisterhood, except with all the crazy hazing. I can promise you there won't be a paddle on Baptism Sunday, okay? (laughs) We're just going to celebrate you into the family of God. Like Team Jesus, you're on it. You're in. We want to celebrate that. So we do that. Why do we need to be baptized? We do it that way. In our local context here, the next step after baptism that you would take is becoming a covenant partner of City Church where you can be most connected, where you can find fellowship, accountability, structure to help you maintain your journey with Christ as you grow and mature in your faith in Him. We just finished one of our partnership classes last week as a part of our new City Church Connection classes. But if you want more information on what it means to become a partner, we would love to talk to you about that. That's our term for church membership. And any of our elders would be happy to talk to you about what it means to be a partner here at City Church. So we said why we should be baptized. We talked about the meaning of baptism. And finally, our last point is who should be baptized? Who? This is really easy. Real easy. Everyone who has made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone. Not like just some people have. Every person. Those who fully and wholly trust in the saving grace and mercy of Christ need to be baptized. If you are a born-again Christian, if you are a Christ follower, if you've been made new by the blood of Jesus, baptism is for you. And it's not a request, but an ordinance, a practice, a command of Christ as we saw in Matthew chapter 28. Baptism is a full-body expression of your commitment and faith in Jesus Christ. And you may be sitting out there going, you know, I don't know, Kyle. I, I'm just, I'm not ready. I, I just don't feel like this is the right time. I'm, I'm not ready. Well, if you're not ready because you don't know if you're a Christ follower, then yes, you're not ready. But if that is you today, then please, I'll be standing up here up front at the end. We'll have some elders to be spaced up among us. Matt will be up here somewhere. We want to talk to you about that. Don't leave today without trusting Christ as your Savior. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. There's nothing bigger. There's nothing more transformative. There's nothing more important 
So if that's why you're not ready, then yes, you're not ready to do it. But you would be if you accept Christ today. But if you are a Christ follower, if you are a believer, if you have placed your trust in Jesus, then be obedient to Christ and do it. That's as simple as I can say. Be obedient to Christ and do it. We pray about a lot of things. This is not something you need to pray about. That's right. Just say yes. You don't need to wonder if it's the right time. Maybe it's not the right service, the right environment. I don't know about this church. I want to get baptized when there's a real baptismal. Or there's no, there's no reason. There's no reason to say no. If you are a born-again believer and you've never followed through with baptism, then do it. Be a part of our service. Let us hear your story. Yes. Because so many people need to hear your story. And God wants to use it to transform another heart. As a church and faith family, we desire to celebrate in baptism the mighty work of God in the hearts of children and adults to bring them to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. Like I said, our next baptism service is coming up April 5th. It's a month from now. And in preparation of that day, and another way to respond to what the Lord might be doing in your heart today is to be a part of our baptism class that we're going to offer. That's going to be in two weeks where we can meet with you or your child and answer any questions about baptism, explain it further for people that may not have been here today. They can be part of that service or part of that class. And we can help, help you write out your story of faith, write out that testimony that only uh, applies to you. It's your story, and it needs to be shared. And so we want to have you be a part of that class. If you're interested in being baptism, come join us Sunday, March 22nd at 9.30. We'll have some breakfast to eat. We'll have childcare available. There's no reason not to come. So if you're contemplating baptism in any, any question about it, come join us for that class. Registration will be open online and through the Church Center app. So by the way, this is off script for a minute. I need to because I see some people falling asleep because of the time change. Um, The Church Center app is a huge benefit for you in the life of City Church. A huge resource. If you don't have it, go to your app store, download this Church Center app right here. has that logo. If you have a Android, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle you, but they probably have it. You can do all those things. The biggest thing is, I, I send a weekly email every week. I see nobody reads it, okay? So it's fine. I'm still going to send it, you know? But if you really want to know what's going on in our church, download this app. It has everything that's coming up in the life of our church event-wise that you can sign up for. You can give online there. You can check in when you get here. All these great things. So all that to say, download the church app. It's free, okay? Do that. That was off script. <laughs> Sunday, March 22nd, be a part of the baptism class. Come join us. And when we baptize here at City Church, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We celebrate the involvement of the entire Trinity in the newness of life. When we immerse them into the water, like I said, when we go down under the water, we are We are being baptized and we're celebrating the death and burial of Jesus Christ for our sins. And then when we raise them up out of the water, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and that new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. No better picture of baptism than saying the old is gone because I'm dying to my sins. I'm dying to my old self. And I'm being raised up again in life, in newness of life through Christ Jesus. It's a perfect picture. A perfect symbol. And that's why God calls us to do it. The old has passed away and the new has come. And so this morning, as I close, the first question is, church, is God calling you to himself this morning? Is today the day of salvation for you? Some of you might be in here and you're like, I don't even know how I got here this morning because I could have sworn that I wasn't going to put my clock ahead till after I woke up this morning and somehow your clock did it automatically, woke you up and you found your way here. I don't know how God got you here, but like I said at the beginning, it wasn't on accident. It was in his sovereign power that he brought you here. And perhaps today is the day of salvation for you. God wants you to be drawn to himself. He's calling you to himself. So if you feel that tug on your heart, if you feel that wrestle in your soul, man, come talk to us after the service. We'd love to talk to you about who Jesus is and what he's done in my life. And I want to know what he's doing in your life. That's the first question. Secondly, will you publicly demonstrate what God has done in transforming your life forever by being baptized? Would you join these that have gone before you in our life of our church? Join the stories of redemption. The stories of Christ's love. Of how people were far off from Christ. And through him... And through maybe a message or through a conversation or through a camp or, or through a, a girl's getaway or a men's ski trip or any other opportunity that they had to get away from their normal life, God spoke to them in a powerful way and they transformed their lives forever. And would you be able to share that with us on Baptism Sunday? And may we celebrate as a church as you go down into the water and really show, display that dying to yourself and be raised up in a new life in Him. I think God's calling you to do that. I know he is. And there's somebody in here that's being called to do that. And so I'm going to pray. I'm going to give us a chance and just be silent for a minute. We're going to pray in our own hearts, in your own life. I pray you'll join us for that baptism class. I pray you'll come and talk to me after this service. We can talk more about it. But I know there's people in here that need to be baptized. And, and listen, you might have accepted Christ today in this moment. Hallelujah. You may have accepted Christ last week, last month. You may have accepted Christ 45 years ago. It doesn't matter. The call remains the same. Be obedient to Christ. Be baptized. Let us celebrate that transformation what the gospel's done in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, so often we... Uh, we kind of enter into some of these ordinances, these, 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 these communion and baptism ordinances that you've given to us. We enter into them a little bit flippantly because they are regular practices that we do. And sometimes we get in the habit of doing things that they just kind of become routine and they don't become reality. So pray, Lord, that you'd wreck us from that this morning. Pray that it would be made real to us. Especially as we talk about baptism today, God, as you have called us in the Great Commission, God, that we try to live out as a church, that we try to live out in our personal lives, that you've called us to go into all nations, making disciples, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God. But that starts here at home. That starts in our own life. That starts in our own family. And so I pray, Lord, as you're moving in our heart right now, as you're calling us to yourself, I pray for those that are in this seat that today would be the day of salvation for some. That they would repent. That they would say, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you, Jesus. I need a Savior. I need to be made right with God. The only way I can do that is through your son, Jesus. And then God, for those that are questioning if they're too old to be baptized, they're not. Baptism is not just for children. Baptism is for every single believer. And so many people that God, I, I, I just called out on the spot not to be... Um, embarrassing them or anything, but God, I'm just so encouraged by those that have gone before us. Those adults that have been baptized before us. And God, I still just am reminded about their story, about how you worked in their lives and how it's moved in the lives of other people in our church. And so God, I just pray that we would get an opportunity to experience that again in this next service on April 5th. So God, as we contemplate what you're doing as we get ready to sing again pray that you would just move in power pray that you would just God just knock on our heart's door so loud that we just can't we can't sit back and do nothing about it you're so good to our to us Lord you're you're good to our church can we demonstrate that goodness we demonstrate that life change as we celebrate baptism. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the reading of your word. God, whatever I said today that was um, not from you, I pray that you would just remove that from people's record. I pray that you um, would just just move, Lord. That's all we can ask. Thank you for those that are here this morning. And I pray you'd encourage them and challenge them this week. To your holy name we pray. Thanks for joining us for the preaching of God's word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sundays at 1030 a.m. at 2950 Cardinal Drive, and we'd love to meet you this coming week. City Church Melissa for the glory of God and the good of the city.